If you let the communication differences become a wedge between you and other people, it can become unrecoverable for a lot of people, very tense. So I think the best thing we can do to be true, emotionally intelligent adults is (laughs) to really, right, like know yourself, know the other's motives, and then find the middle ground in between. Welcome to One Next Step, the most practical business podcast in the world, helping you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence with tips and tools you didn't get in business school. Here are your hosts, Trisha Shortino and Lisa Zeveld. Welcome to One Next Step, the practical business podcast that helps you run your business and make it stop running you so you can enjoy your work and your life. I'm Trisha Shortino, the CEO of Belay. And hey, I'm Lisa Zeveld, the COO of Belay. Together, we are T and LZ. We've known each other since 2005 and have worked together for a decade, growing a 100% remote business from startup to now being recognized on the Inc. 5000 fastest growing list for six years running. Yes, LZ and I have learned a lot along the way, and we have made some great friends and partners. For One Next Step, we are cashing in some favors to bring you episodes filled with excellent content delivered by some talented people. And we may have a thing or two to add ourselves. One Next Step is here to help you on your leadership journey. Each week, we release a new episode answering your questions about running an organization. We will always highlight one next step for you to take immediate action and include an activation guide that reinforces what you've heard. Welcome. In today's episode, we're going to explore how we use our differences to work better together, how we have practically used various tools, including the Enneagram, on things like decision-making, conflict resolution, and team communication. Now more than ever, as organizations are working remotely, teams need to come together and work to understand their coworkers and employees. Today, we will share with you our own case study and dig into real-life experiences. Yes. Now, this might surprise some folks, but my thought processes do not always align with how Trisha processes information. I know, right? Shocking. (laughs) Shocking. We had to learn how to work together if we wanted our work to be successful and impactful. By using various tools, it has allowed us to overcome challenges, support each other's strengths, and help each other in our weaknesses. If teams can get to that place with each other, they will have a recipe for success. That's an asset you can't put a price tag on. We want you to win in your organization. In order to win, you must work well with others who don't think or process the way you do. As we said earlier, many organizations are working remotely, and that brings another set of challenges to team connectedness and understanding. Absolutely. And this topic is so relevant right now. But whether you are working from home or back in an office setting, the key is putting forth the effort to learn how to work better together, even if that is using helpful resources like the Enneagram. So let's dive in today and discuss how we learned to use our differences to our advantage. So I'll get started. Okay, Okay. (laughs) Elsie? Sounds good. So uh, like Elsie mentioned a moment ago, we have very different thought processes. We tease each other and say we are the yin and the yang to each other's leadership as as partners over here at Belay. I'm the Anna to the Elsa. uh, 
yes the Thelma to the Louise whatever it is Um, and it it has been a journey and so to give to use Enneagram as a relevant benchmarker and to set the stage I am an Enneagram 8 which is a protector very expressive a little bit overly direct and I have the urge to act swiftly as an 8 now you, LZ, are a one, which is a perfectionist. Yeah. So we have some commonalities and some very big differences in that. Totally. Yeah. So as a one, I am labeled the perfectionist. And so um, I can sometimes get lost in the details because I'm really worried about making everything just right. I also believe, you know, injustice and all those things. And it's interesting because what I have found out doing more research on the Enneagram is that the ones, the perfectionist, tend to suppress their anger and their impulses. Because again, we want to seem perfect. So it kind of makes Mm. sense, right? Um, But sometimes when we finally do get angry, and that spills out, it comes out as righteousness, which is not very good. Like that's not how I want people to remember me. So the cool thing about an eight and a one, though, the perfectionist and the protectors are that we are concerned with being right, and justice and truth and fairness. And I think that that's really where we're able to come together in our differences and be such a great partnership. Yeah, because at the end of the day, we both believe in what's fair. And Mm -hmm. I think if we could use that as our level set place that we make our decisions from together, we have found that that has that has been the thing that has worked in our favor. And then, you know, really, the more we know about each other, Mm-hmm. the more we've been able to understand the other person's point of view and then be able to cohesively work together with less and less challenges over the years. So to be honest, right, if we go back to when we first started to work together, when we were maybe less educated on how we each showed up, maybe we hadn't mm-hmm. taken many personality tests, we just knew we were who we were who we were. We did have some struggles. We had some challenging times where we were coming from very different perspectives mm-hmm. and we had a hard time aligning. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, part of that too is emotional intelligence. So we both have our way of communicating when we're frustrated. You know, again, you're going to say it, you're going to come out and be more direct and I'm going to kind of hold on to that. And so in the beginning, like you said before, we actually had these numbers to help us understand, we would butt heads, you know, and, and there was a time when even Brian and Shannon were like, y'all better figure this out. Mm. Not in a way that I think was ever disrespectful. I'm going to speak for myself. I don't Mm. feel like it was ever disrespectful, but there was some tension there because we were both driven and we were both passionate. And I could remember both of us saying, listen, we want the same thing. We are both Mm -hmm. hugely passionate about Belay and we want it to be successful. So we're going to have to figure this out. <laughs> yes. And how do we lean into our differences, which is yes. kind of the, the the point of this this podcast today is how mm-hmm. do we lean into those differences that used to be a challenge? So in the beginning, right. they really were a challenge for us because, for example, I'm very direct and I'm very expressive. I, I can be very to the point. So sometimes I can come across as blunt or short or curt Or some people would even dare say rude. How dare they? But (laughs) rude is a word I have heard. So really, that is never my intention, right? I'm just wired Mm -hmm. in a way that 
that's how I communicate. And so knowing that about myself, I have really kind of filtered or Mm -hmm. really worked on my communication style to say some people actually receive me very well and that's comfortable for them. Mm -hmm. And some people do not. And me knowing the difference and knowing myself enough to know, okay, some people do receive that as curt and rude. And I Mm -hmm. need to know who those people are. And I need to think through how I communicate differently to the subset of people. I mean, that is my job as the leader is to make sure that my communication style is meshing with everybody else's communication style without losing myself either. And I think you over the years have really, as our relationship has deepened as we work so closely together, really understood once you knew my heart Mm -hmm. and you knew my intention was never to be Kurt, Root, right? All those things. You were just so accepting of it all because you could run it through the filter, even though that's not how you would have said it or not how you would have done it. You were able to kind of run it through that lens and say, she has all the great intentions in the world. I know what she means. Right. And it was no longer a thing. Oh, completely. And likewise, because I really value deep relationships and I value social settings, like I'm going to come across and really find a way to say it to, um, I'm not as direct. Maybe that's just the easiest way to say it, right? So like, I will use a lot of words to say something where you won't. And so in the beginning, I would frustrate you because you wanted action immediately. And I'm like, no, I'm massaging the situation here. Like I will get there, (laughs) but this is the way that I want to do it. And Mm -hmm. because I want to do it perfectly, I'm going to sit there and think through every single word and be intentional about the words that I use. But that was like, you thought I was slow, right? Because you're like, why aren't Mm -hmm. you, why aren't you moving faster? And why do you have to say all these words and make people feel good? Just get to the point. (laughs) (laughs) And so the funny thing is like you said that you've learned to understand how people take you. I've learned that too many words can be a lot for most people and that I value you as a leader and my friend. And so I've learned to be way more direct, not just with you, but in leading as well. Well, and so I think that's really where I've leaned into you to make my leadership style better is I don't know that I rush anymore, but I've learned to speed up my thought process and I take the words that I really want to say and I cut them in half and then move forward saying them there. <laughs> and then I turn the words I want to say and I double them. Right. <laughs> so, so my emails are a little longer, yours are a little shorter, and we've kind of figured out how to meet in the middle. And now that we know that about each other, it's kind of like a joke that we have with each other because I know you love the social interaction. You are a natural gifted storyteller. You have so many experiences you recall and speak into, and that is not my gifting and not my place. (laughs) So we kind of tease each other about you have a story and Trisha's not going to want to hear it. <laughs> or you can tell your story, but you're just going to make it a little shorter than shorter. you might have before. But, yeah. you know, at, at the end of the day, we have just figured out how to really understand each other and meet in the middle. And I think that's the message, you know, we kind of want for all of you out yeah. there is first and foremost, know yourself. Mm-hmm. It, it has been because I know these things about myself and I know the things about you, it has helped us have a more cohesive, successful, working 
relationship because now we can leverage what we know about each other, strengths and weaknesses alike, and together make better holistic solutions and decisions. Yeah. So I think if you've got a team member out there that you're struggling with, and maybe it's not a direct report, you know, maybe it's like Trisha and I, where you're literally somebody that it's a peer and you have to work with, you know, I really, I mean, I think one of the best things we ever did is it was just me and you and we're like, listen, I don't want your job. You don't want my job. Like we've got to figure out how to work together and really understand each other. And having that really clear communication and a foundation built on trust, like you said, I know without a shadow of a doubt that you have my best interest in mind. And so when you come to me to give me feedback, because now you're my boss. (laughs) (laughs) Boss lady in the house. That's right. But when you come to me with feedback or we're working on a project together that really impacts the whole company, your directness or your desires for the business I know are coming from the absolute best place. And so I'm not thinking that you're there to terrible lay down or that you're there to tear mm-hmm. me down. Like it's just a different way of thinking. And I think a lot of times people let personality and communication differences really start to spread them apart. And that becomes mm-hmm. cancer to an organization. And so I know we talk a lot about intentionality and communication, but I think that at the core of what we're talking about is you just have to learn to communicate. These assessments are great tools to help you have those conversations. But if you don't leverage communication and kind of get to the very heart of what you are and that your partner are doing there or you and that team member are doing there, I think that that animosity or tension or those differences mm-hmm. could really rot away at things. Yeah. And I think that we were very mindful in our differences to know like we're we're actually on the same team. Right. You know, just because we're, we would handle a situation differently doesn't make anybody's way wrong or right or better. Mm -hmm. It was just different. And so now we're able to kind of, as we, as we look at that and how we make better decisions and resolve conflict, I mean, we really have learned to lean into each other for each other's opinion, because to your point, I know that you can bring something to my communication style and you do, you, you add something to it and vice versa that I can support and help you in your communication style. So I think if people just really realize that if you let the communication differences become a wedge between you and other people or teams or peers, it can become unrecoverable for a lot of people, very tense. So Mm -hmm. I think the best thing we can do to be true, emotionally intelligent adults (laughs) is to really, right, like know yourself, know Mm -hmm. the other's motives, and then find the middle ground in between so that the tensions are just normal, natural tensions. And really, at the end of the day, we're all working together and not against each other. Every leader needs to have a sense of humility, right? They need to have a healthy amount of humility. And so if you go into any relationship, personal or professional, and you are arrogant and you think that you were always right and you know everything, your way or the highway, then regardless of what your Enneagram number is or letter on your disc assessment, you are not going to make friends, number one. You're probably not going to have healthy relationships outside of your professional life. 
And you're going to have a really hard time rallying your team, your troops behind what your vision is for your organization. And so if you want something to be successful, you are going to have to learn to be humble and you're going to have to learn to be nimble and you're going to have to also learn really to kind of change some of the expectations you have about yourself and about your team, because otherwise it's not going to happen. If you just think it's your way all the time, forget it. Yeah, I mean, any organization is built off of a team. And I know it sounds very cliche, but nobody wants to work for a boss, right? right? Who's bossing, bossing everybody around, pointing fingers and directing down. I mean, people Mm want to follow leaders and be inspired to do great work. And so I think regardless of your Enneagram number or your disc type, you know, just because I'm an eight and a high D doesn't mean I need to be bossy and unkind, right? So I figured out and I've learned over the years if I've matured that, you know, I can be a direct communicator, but I could also be caring and kind and somebody worth following and, and share great vision and all of those things. So it's great to use it as a good tool to really help propel your leadership. Because for me, I've used it as a, as a resource to professionally grow as an individual. Right. Yes. And, and never use it as an excuse. Don't use it as labels. You know, I I think in the beginning we did, I mean, we were very immature leaders here at Belay. We had both been leaders before, but here at Belay working remotely and we were learning a lot about ourselves. And so they became kind of these labels, you know, oh, well, you're a high D and I'm a high S. And so that's just what we do. It kind of almost gave people excuses for their behavior. Mm -hmm instead of really encouraging to say, yeah, that's a really strong communication tool. And I love that you're a D, but how can you use that D to the benefit of others, not to the detriment of the team? Um, The same way you would do with a Myers-Briggs test in the Enneagram. Like we can talk about being an eight and a one, but it's not in a way that it becomes an excuse, a scapegoat for bad behavior. Oh, yes, absolutely. I actually, I have a story. Look at me. I'm going to share a story. (gasps) I am rubbing (laughs) off on you. (laughs) See, this is how we help each other grow. Um, So I, I, it was some, it was a leader that I worked for in the past and we were using the languages of appreciation, the five languages of appreciation at work. And one of my languages of appreciation, again, we love the tests and the tools. They tell us a lot about ourselves. One of mine is words of affirmation. So I just mm-hmm. like to be told I'm doing a good job. That's like one of my things. I just like to hear it. Great job. High five. So that fills my cup and that's how I feel appreciated. So my supervisor at the time was not a words of affirmation person. And so we kind of got into a conversation about it. And I, and she said, uh, you know, how can I better encourage you or whatever the question was? And I said, well, I'm kind of a words of affirmation girl and I would love some more words of affirmation. And she said... I don't do words of affirmation. And I said, but shouldn't you learn how to, since you have somebody working for you who needs them? Right. Right. So circling back to the point, that was my story taking me to the point that says, (laughs) that says it doesn't become an excuse. You don't use it as an excuse and say, oh, 
I'm an eight. I don't do that. I'm a D. I don't do that. No, 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 no. You actually, right. You want to be a better person tomorrow than you are today. You want to be a better leader tomorrow than you are today. If your team Mm -hmm. needs something from you that you're not currently gifted in, then you stretch yourself and you learn how to do that thing. So I think understanding your weaknesses and all of these things, they may never become your strengths, but you could have a few less weaknesses. I mean, couldn't we all? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's compromise. I mean, I think that at the heart of every great relationship is compromise. And you even have to learn how to compromise in a professional environment, not just on the project or not just what you want your outcome to be, but you have to learn to compromise with your personality and your communication style and meet in the middle. So yeah, I mean, we've learned, we've learned a lot over the years. And I think that that's what makes us, you and I, such a great team. Now we kind of joke about that it is like a marriage, you know, we are each other's work wives. Um, we, we -hmm. have deep personal relationships together, but we have a very deep professional, respectful, goal-driven, passionate relationship that is undeniably powerful. And I think that's why we've been able to get Belay to where it is today. Yes, we'd like to say that we're a power couple. We just haven't yeah. figured out which one, which that one? Is yet. Yes, we're just hey, the call to action power right. couple. Yes. Call to action. If you know what power couple we should be, uh, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> I mean, there's Brad and Angelina. I mean, there was Brangelina. Brangelina. I mean, whatever. Yes. <laughs> so we always say Thelma I, and Louise, but they throw themselves off of a cliff, and that uh, we don't want to drive a car. Yeah, no, feel right. <laughs> no, we'll find the right one. Uh, anyway, yeah. well, so let's just. Just to bring it down to a practical note, um, let's just talk a little bit as we get to kind of the one next step here at Belay, and we talk about really practical, tactical takeaway from this conversation. Maybe let's talk through some of the things that we've even kind of used to align responsibilities or things with our personality types. Like, for example, you're an amazing CFO and oversee technology and operations because your one, if you will, is gifted in the details, is gifted in the perfectionism. So your personality style meshes so well with what your oversight is because you were naturally so gifted in those areas. And we were very mindful kind of when we were like setting up responsibilities and who kind of is overseeing what, that we really did look at where each of our strengths were. And so then therefore, what were we going to own for the organization and really kind of charge. So I think that your your personality style and your giftingness has really served you to be an amazing um, CFO and COO for Belay. Well, thank you. Well, and I would say the same about you in your current role as, as CEO. Granted, you used to be COO, so you're also great at the details. But I think that because you're an Enneagram 8 and you do have that high D, that you naturally exude strength and dominance. You cast vision really, really well, and people naturally want to follow you because of that strength. And so I think that when you look at who do you want at the helm of your organization to lead them, it's somebody who people just naturally look to, to be a great leader, somebody who is going to go into battle for them, who is not going to waver 
those are all the things that are just, I mean, literally seep out of your pores. If you say jump, people literally go, okay, how high? Not out of fear. So let me get that. It's because you have such a huge heart. Um, and again, I, that's the part that I know that our, our team sees and feels, right? But it's because of your strength and your determination and how you communicate that so beautifully that you're just a natural CEO in that role. And so I think, yeah, I, I love how you put that. It just, in the beginning, we had the time to kind of grow into our roles through what our strengths were naturally, that a lot of organizations don't get that. But if you've got key leaders on your staff, really start to look at what their personalities are and their natural giftings, because as we are finding out, Sometimes you also have gaps. There's a lot of numbers between one and eight, one and nine, right? And so we're slowly starting to figure out like, hey, I'm the perfectionist and I'm great at the details. And you're, you know, a direct, strong leader, visionary, but maybe we need a couple more people in the middle there to kind of bridge mm -hmm. the gap between us. Yes. And that, that's been a great exercise. So for me, I would say if somebody was going to walk away from um, listening to this episode, my tactical, practical advice would be to, um, if you haven't already, really start educating yourself about yourself, first and foremost, whether it's taking an Enneagram test, which by the way, there's resources out there. You can get the test for free, uh, a disc, a Myers-Briggs, whatever kind of assessments you take to really, truly understand who you are and then do the same for your team, the people that you work so closely with, like do whatever assessment you feel aligned with and understand who your people are. And then you can really see, it's amazing to see, oh, no wonder there's tension between this and this, because look right. how far apart we are naturally. And once you can really define where the gaps are, when you, when you really kind of can ass assess yourself and others, then you can start building the bridge. And so I feel like because we had the opportunity to do a lot of these types of tests over the years, we have been able to build a beautiful bridge all this time mm -hmm. to meet each other on both sides. And that's what worked for us. So that would be my recommendation. And my one next step for anybody out there is like, yeah, learn what you can so you can start building bridges. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, take it one step further. After you have those assessments, we want you to share them. We want you to share them with your leadership team. And if you don't have a team yet, if it's just you and perhaps one person, maybe it's you and an assistant right now who are building your business, share that so you can understand each other much better. But then don't take feedback personally. That's a hard one. It is. It really is. <laughs> it's really Be hard. Because yeah. I learned, and I'll never forget it, and I'm not going to say names, but I remember when we first took the test and people looked at me and they're like, oh, yeah, that's you all day long. And I was like, oh, gosh, again, I'm the perfectionist. So I'm like, there's mm -hmm. something wrong with me. Um, <laughs> there's mm -hmm. not just anything wrong with me. But them allowing myself to be vulnerable and really going into the conversation palms up, I was in a much better space to take the feedback to then be able to go and see the unhealthy areas of my Enneagram one or my disc profile and come back ready to embrace those and actually change them. So if you are maybe more on the direct side and you've got a team member who comes to you and share some feedback, don't be gruff, 
go in there with open palms and really accept that and then look to see how you can improve on that and do the same. You know, one of the things we learned is like, hey, may I give you some feedback? May I share something with mm-hmm. you? That way they're prepared for it. Yes. And all people are perfectly designed. Yes. And so even though some of these things might show us weaknesses, we are all perfectly designed. We are all unique and we are all beautiful. And as long as we remember that, regardless of where our strengths and weaknesses lie, we win. Oh, what a perfect end right there. That's like perfect. a perfect bow. <laughs> <laughs> well, now it's time for the one next step. As the most practical business podcast, we want to make sure taking action isn't overwhelming to you. So each episode, we're going to offer you one next step to propel you and your business forward. Today's next step is to download this episode's activation guide, which is our personality assessment cheat sheet. Look at that. We're already giving you resources. We've rounded up all the personality assessments we use here at Belay. We're going to share the why we use them and also share where you can find them. Collectively, they can help you discover how you interpret the world, manage your emotions, and show up to others around you. And if everyone on your team shares their findings, you'll be on your way to leveraging your differences to make a better organization. Absolutely. To download it now, text the phrase one next step to 31996 or visit one next step podcast.com. And when you request today's guide, you will also receive a summary of today's episode, which includes key quotes and takeaways and links to the resources we mentioned in the episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of One Next Step. We hope you enjoyed what you are hearing from us. And so now we want to hear from you. Head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast and leave us a review. We created this podcast to help you lead your team and grow your business. So guess what? We read every one of them. Until next time, own your journey. It's your life and your business. It's up to you to create the life and organization you want. Join us next week for more practical tips and actionable tools to advance your business one step at a time. Start by making today count. Thanks for listening to One Next Step. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. Then join us next time for more practical business tips and tools to help you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence. For more episodes, show notes, and helpful resources, visit onenextsteppodcast.com.